Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, the podcast that is here to say that Jerry did nothing wrong. My name's Alex. I'm Iris. <laughs> I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer animated film series, Tom and Jerry. Created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, the series consists of 161 theatrical short films, 114 of which were produced by the Hanna-Barbera duo, and follows the titular Tom and Jerry, a cat-and-mouse duo and their rivalry throughout various settings. Over its original run, the series has won seven Academy Awards for Best Animated Short Film, and in the 1960s overtook the Looney Tunes as the highest-grossing animated short film series of the time. The franchise has spawned multiple spin-offs, including TV series, multiple films, and even a musical. And, as always, there will be spoilers, although I don't think there's going to be much to spoil about Tom and Jerry. Um... All right, so I brought Tom and Jerry to the podcast this week because this series uh, is basically my childhood. I know we've talked a lot about shows that all of us have watched uh, during our childhood, but this one, I can confidently say that I think I've watched every Tom and Jerry film, um, all 161 of them. Because uh, I don't remember if it was on Boomerang or Cartoon Network. I think it was Boomerang, Boomerang. where they showed those old-timey cartoons, Looney Tunes especially, and, of course, Tom and Jerry. And I'd always find time in, uh, like, after preschool or after elementary school to sit down and watch uh, a couple of episodes of Tom and Jerry. And I love this film this film series i love the short films i love the slapstick humor i personally uh, going back to our previous conversation with wallace and gromit uh after having cemented my love for cheese uh after watching that film series i uh was a hundred percent on jerry's side uh, while watching the Tom and Jerry short films. I still am. I think Jerry has been slandered in the public consciousness, uh, at least the meme consciousness, uh, nowadays. And also because I'm uh, a year of the rat, I'm like, oh, a rat. I like that. I'll identify <laughs> with him. Technically a mouse. Uh, he's a okay. mouse! <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, technically. Um but yeah, there's something so special about these films and their humor and the music that goes into it. I feel like this film series is the animated silent short film distilled to its best qualities. Uh, almost all of it, I should say. We are going to talk a little bit about the parts that have not aged very well, so to speak. Uh, parts that weren't shown or were edited out during Al young Alex's viewing of the Boomerang uh, Tom and Jerry episodes. Uh, we will not be talking, though, about the terrible Tom and Jerry movie, although I was tempted to bring <laughs> a trivia corner that's, section on that. Is that the one where they talk? Yeah. That's the one where they talk, oh, and that's God. the one where they sing. <clears throat> that it's not good. That exists? Yes. Yes. Maybe oh, we should... God! Maybe I should bring it sometime. No, <laughs> that would be no. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're still, like... 
flirting dangerously close with like your quota for how much pain you're allowed to put us through. <laughs> it's uh, it's uniquely bad. Uh, but young Alex still watched that movie multiple times. I think there's still a DVD somewhere in my parents' uh, parents' house. Uh, but yeah, this this film series is my childhood. I can distinctly remember each and every beat of the episodes that we watched for this podcast episode. Uh, but yeah, I I just love Tom and Jerry. Uh, I feel like there's so many good things to talk about it. But what about the rest of y'all? Uh, what were your experiences with Tom and Jerry? So I have somewhat of a less amount of impact for Tom and Jerry as to my mild childhood. I, I did definitely watch it on Boomerang as well. Um, but to me, at least, it feels a little bit more diluted with the sort of general sort of uh, old animation TV series uh, of of that era. So things like you know, Flintstones, which obviously came after this, but also like Bugs Bunny and, and Looney Tunes and all that jazz. Um, so for me, Tom and Jerry sits comfortably in that entire ethos, albeit they're all very different, obviously. That being said, when I was rewatching a lot of the episodes that Alex suggested for this podcast, there were some that I was like, I've never seen this one before. This was interesting. And there were some that were like, like literally from beat one. I'm like, oh, right. This is what happens in this one. Um, so it definitely is very deeply ingrained in my childhood as well, albeit maybe not as much as Alex. Um, rewatching this one, I am extremely impressed. Basically, it is like, as you said, Alex, it's like a distillation of the... This came out in like the mid-40s to 50s, 40s, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, 1940s. It's like, it's like everything you learn about the, you know, the initial births of feature-length films for animation as well as the film shorts are like... This is this is it. It's like everything is cued to the music. You can tell even like the Foley quote unquote are musical instruments and are often on beat or and they do this thing sometimes is in order to make it so that it doesn't seem like it's sometimes perfectly on beat. They play a few on beat and then the next one off beat but always in a particular pattern because I for God's sake that's on some sheet music somewhere. <laughs> they time that shit. Um so it's so clear how to see the musical inspirations for the entire series. And like, as you go through, you're like, oh my God, this is like, this is like music videos before they're music videos, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and that being said, like the amount of uh, like, basically in my head, I'm like, I had no idea that this came out in the forties. It started at least yeah. in the forties and carried into the fifties. It feels like a sixties or seventies show. Like Looney Tunes, it or really like does yeah, or like because like Flintstones came out in the '60s, and that's also a Hanna Barbera thing, and so I do. kind of conflated Flintstones and Tom and Jerry because I knew that they were like the same things. But Tom and Jerry was like the, one of the first ones to do this kind of stuff, and so it's super impressive watching all of this now with that perspective in mind. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty comprehensive. Uh you know take uh, for me tom and jerry was one of those things that was just always there you know i mean it was never like i was coming home on you know like a weekday after school and being like okay let's turn on tom and jerry but it was one of those things that it was never really hard to find i mean whether on i think it ran on both like there was boomerang and cartoon network had it sometimes um but it was just, it was always around. It was always, like, findable, you know. Every once in a while, you'd turn on the TV and there would be Tom and Jerry. And it, there's sort of a comfort in that 
familiarity because it's the kind of show where you know once you've seen one of them it's i'm not going to say you've seen them all because it's not that samey but it's like you know enough to be able to watch any of them without you know any introduction any prelude or anything it's just like you you know sort of vaguely what you're going to get and there there are definitely variations on the theme i mean there are there are like a whole like range of of what they cover but the core of it the this 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 distillable essence of the humor is still the same and it's just got such a distinct feel to it you know the art style the aesthetic the the way they use uh you know this this um like bespoke composed uh soundtracking you know to sort of lead you from one moment to the next uh which works beautifully i mean it really does for me sit like right next to Looney Tunes. It's the same kind of humor very often, uh, the same kind of like mise-en-scene construction. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's, it, I, I honestly think it, uh, it, it forms part, at least for me, of like this backdrop of like the, the, the strong childhood foundation of animation, you know, that got me to, I guess, you know, here, uh, where we are today. Yeah, um, I think compared to Looney Tunes, I actually had uh, significantly more exposure to Tom and Jerry as a kid. I'm not going to try and explain why that was the case, but I don't know. Looney Tunes never really... Looney Tunes was never really there, and Tom and Jerry just was more often there. Maybe it just aligned with my schedule. I don't know. But um, yeah, Tom and Jerry, uh, I, I mean, I think the music is really the big highlight, as you guys have explained. It's... it's, it's uh, I guess it's from an, a different era when the music was a lot, a much larger part, I think, of the construction of these episodes than it is now. You know, music is is a tool these days, but it was integral to the actual plot progression, I guess, of the episodes when they were made. And um, yeah, I think Iris, you you put it very well. You know, you watch one episode and then you kind of get an idea of what you what the content of the other episodes you're going to see, but they're always going to have a little bit of a spin to them a little bit, you know, something to make it fresh, I guess. I still, I'm one of the, so uh, this, this show won seven, I think, Academy Awards. And the, the one that really strikes me is the, the, uh, the Yankee Doodle one, which is basically literally just a normal Tom and Jerry shenanigans episode, but it's just with fireworks and like World War II like imagery <laughs> and like yeah. I can tell the only reason why it won the Academy Award is because it was in wartime and because yeah. this was like literal chill child indoctrination in an animated form <laughs> and that's how they were able to I mean everybody knows that the Oscars is a fucking shill these days but I guess it was a fucking shill back in the forties too. Hey, Disney um, was doing the same thing. I, Look, yeah, the, institutions, mean, yeah. the institutions of this country were constructed specifically to keep the propaganda machine going. As, well, <laughs> as far divorced as you think they might be, it's That's all right. part of the system, man. Capitalism existed before we were born, and capitalism will exist long after we die. But anyways, I would say imperialism in this case, but the point stands. I, I, that's what I said, capitalism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we I'm have political <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm really not trying to tear this away from the actual content of the show. But yeah, I, I mean, Chum and Jerry is just a very, it, it is a, a timeless classic. And uh, I, I loved going back and watching the, the curated list that Alex put out. I was most able to recognize almost all of them. And I even asked for a couple more that I didn't see because, you know, they're, they're all, they all have a space in my heart. I guess gesture to my brain when i said heart but you don't understand <laughs> what i mean it's it's very near and dear to me i guess 
Yeah. And uh, why don't we dive right into our favorite moments, or I should say our favorite episodes, because each episode is only about seven minutes long. Uh, And instead of doing favorite characters, I will pose a question to y'all. If you are on Tom's side of the fence or Jerry's side of the fence, who are you rooting for in uh, these short films? Um, you are but... digging. You are so digging for the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I have an agenda. I hope you realize. <laughs> I can tell. Um, but my favorite episode, which I personally believe is their best episode that they've ever put out, uh, is the uh, Cat Concerto, the episode with tom and jerry tom playing the premise is tom is playing piano in front of a large audience for some reason uh we're going to talk a little bit about like the different settings and shenanigans that they get into in this show that's it's like one of the best parts of tom and jerry but for whatever reason tom is playing uh in front of a live audience on this piano and jerry is there living inside the piano to provide some strife um and some action but the best thing about this episode we've been talking about music and how the music uh kind of builds uh around the episode or i feel like in this case the episode builds around the song that is played on the piano i don't remember exactly what song it is but it is a real song uh and the way that they like the music changes to fit the action that's happening on the screen uh, and vice versa. Like there are quiet moments where Tom is like distractedly playing the piano while he's trying to hit Jerry on the head with a hammer. Or there's like really fast moments where Tom is like literally using the piano to attack Jerry with the piano hammers and the keys. Uh, I just think it is the best example of that musical duality that the animation has with the actual score of the uh of the the music and yeah i i truly believe that is their best episode just because it's been memed so much there's actual uh videos of people playing that song with the uh the tom and jerry episode in the background but yeah i highly recommend checking out the cat concerto uh if you haven't seen it already it is in my opinion the best tom and jerry short film that they have out there uh but what about the rest of y'all uh which episodes are your favorite or your favorite moments and of course i already said my piece jerry did nothing wrong uh but go on ahead let me know what you think (laughs) so i'll also quickly just add on to that episode that episode is also phenomenal it probably would be my number one if i wouldn't if i didn't want to choose another one right now but um just as a note, the piece that they play, that Tom plays, is Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 2 by Franz Liszt. And the best part of that episode is the fact, I I was like going down like a YouTube rabbit hole at some point during the last couple years. And there was, there's like a, there's a lot of YouTube channels that play piano pieces and they have those like animations of the, of the keys falling down. So you can like track mm-hmm. what they're about to play and all that stuff. Like, imagine like Guitar Hero, but the entire like piano board. And... I heard Hungarian Rhapsody number two, and I was like, I've heard this somewhere before. And like, this is a great, I love this piece. It's like, it's really good. And I'm like, oh, it's that. It's from the Tom and Jerry episode. The best (laughs) part about it is that 
they take all of them like the the piece itself is very quirky <laughs> Franz list is, is known for this kind of stuff and he is he he puts all of these like complicated and uh technically impressive feats on the piano he's like one of the he's a piano virtuoso along with like chopin and they were able to use those things as physical comedy in the episode it's phenomenal like it's it's just so good Therefore, the only other episode that I can actually shout out is, of course, Tom and Jerry in the Hollywood Bowl because they're back in, mm. in an orchestra and Tom is this time conducting and Jerry is conducting as well. And they're trying to compete for control over the orchestra, as it were. Um, and then it ends with like Tom having to play all the instruments as like Jerry. <laughs> um, that episode is also really good because I forgot what the piece they actually do play in that one, but it's it uses a similar style of physical comedy combined with the music itself that is so intriguing and it's like it's all diegetically done so it's 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 phenomenal um as for tom versus jerry sides i think that at for asking the question of whose side are you on tom or jerry's <laughs> uh belies the true importance Did you just of say the this word belies correct Belies the true importance of this series, which is there is no side that you should take. the The series is about the conflict. The it's like an existential conflict, a, a Sisyphean like <laughs> reality that these two animals are perpetually undergoing. There is no end in sight for their conflict, and there is no winner. There is no side. Only the you. pursuit of each other do they find meaning in their existence. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so I cannot believe you found an answer that was worse than either one of the two provided for you. Congratulations, you are now a moderator of r slash enlightened centrism. <laughs> Uh, I should I should also mention or bring to light the point that Tom and Jerry they're not always enemies. Exactly, that's what I was going to bring up. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I mean, like <laughs> you basically said it then and there, but like there are plenty of episodes where they are like buddy buddy and they are like like friends and they're taking on stuff together. And I there's not a specific example coming to mind because like a lot of it's sort of blurred together in my head. But they're they're. They're very often, like, friendly with each other, and those episodes, I think, are some of my favorites, because, like, they just are so genuinely like, yeah, you know, this is my best friend, and we've known each other for, you know, a million years, and they've got, the, you know, this, this kind of quiet sort of camaraderie, I mean, quiet, obviously, because they don't talk, but it's, it's, it's pleasant, you know, um... Cycling back really quickly, uh, my favorite episode. I will I will call out uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Mouse, uh, partially for the meme ability and partially for the memorability, and partially because I think it's got some great examples of just like the ways the show uses uh, like physical humor or or physicality to to enhance the humor. The image of the a uh, fire iron with four like Jerry outlines <laughs> smashed into it uh, will live in my head rent free forever. Um, I and as for the Tom and Jerry question, I I do agree that the question is meaningless. Uh, I think that you know you could definitely rationalize either side into being correct or not, but I think that also like 
the the assumption that there is like a continuous like side to be on as if you know they're not different stories and different perspectives and different like justifications in every single episode there's you know if 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 you think tom is justified in one episode he very well is not in the next i think the question has no meaning uh but also jerry definitely did things wrong a lot of times i mean Alex, it, I assume you wanted to stir stir up the shit here, so I'll just give you the most dramatic answer I can give, which is Ooh. to say that imagine you're at your workplace and you're just trying to do your job, and <laughs> this fucking mouse comes in and does whatever he possibly can to ruin your shit, and you are literally, like, if your job is just to catch this mouse and you can't do it, yes, that means you're a pretty shit employee, but that's not your fault. I mean, it is your fault, but for a different reason. Like, it's your fault because you're a shitty employee. It's not because of the fact that there is this literal terror trying to ruin your life. So what I'm going to say here is that Tom really didn't do anything wrong. And that, what I mean to say is that Tom did do things wrong in episodes specifically. But in the, in the whole of it... <laughs> Tom is, is basically just trying to live his life And this mouse Which is by the way Canonically a pest in the house That continues to steal food So that's not cool Because the homeowner uh, Very clearly does not like that This mouse comes in Steals food And then also decides He's going to be a total tick, dick to the cat And and like He, he like There's like weapons grade shit He like murders Tom multiple <laughs> times It's fucked up Yeah all we need to look at Is how in the, the in the universe of Tom and Jerry, how Cat God views and judges Tom, though, because Tom doesn't get to go to heaven, so that's unfortunate. That's true. That and is that, true. In well, Heavenly Puss, which is a wild name for a title. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, they they do state that they will give Tom essentially a second chance in order to kind of redeem his soul. So. Well, it's not specifically like it's not explicitly stated that Tom is worthy of going to heaven. They did decide that they weren't just going to immediately send him to hell, where he, you know, I presume would have burned <laughs> for all eternity. But uh, you know, I guess of course, then you could argue, well, what would be the point of Heavenly Puss the episode if they didn't have that entire quandary about it in the first place? <laughs> so uh, I cannot believe that it is Tom and Jerry of all things that are evoking like the most detestable takes <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even that detestable but uh my actual favorite episode i mean I, I i'm not really sure i have a favorite episode because i think that uh, most of my memories of this show are, are just specifically scenes and i guess that's why like in meme culture bro, meme culture you just see like images or gifs of, of just tiny parts of episodes which have really stuck in my mind more more so than episodes proper but uh i really do like uh i i guess the one that has the most sentimental value to me is uh two mouseketeers because i i cannot mm. i cannot remember when i watched it but touche pussycat yeah has lived <laughs> in my mind yeah for for like since since like the like the dawn of my memory pretty much like i don't I there I knew I was going to see that when I watched the episode and when it came out I was like there it is and like I it was just filled <laughs> with joy. So uh that episode is also very good. I think that towards the towards the later episodes and I you know obviously like I'm not sure episode uh 80 something is later but um they definitely do kind of break the mold with the the whole silence thing in in particular because you know at the very beginning neither of them talk really at all except 
uh, Tom who screams whenever he's stabbed <laughs> and, you know, maimed. But towards the later ones, they actually do, like, have speaking and there's, like, actual words being said. And, like, there's the one with Tom, uh, Jerry's cousin and he's, you know, basically just, like, a old-style gangster. And, like, I think that those, you know, it's tasteful in the way that they just kind of intersperse it a little bit while still keeping the overall vibe of general silence between the two uh, two main characters. Yeah, that I think is the distinction, right? Because this idea of the Tom and Jerry musical, good God, I'm still like, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's revolting. But the reason that, you know, you had dialogue worked, I think, in some of the episodes is because it was never our two protagonists. It was never our, our, our two titular characters. They maintained their same dynamic. And, you know, whether or not it's like Tom's owner, air quotes, who's speaking or, you know, a, one of Jerry's relations. I have strong memories of a, an episode with, I think it was Jerry's uncle, who's like a banjo playing, like old cowboy kind of guy. That's the one with the giant uh, mustache, right? Yeah. And he's like, his like, his, no, his guitar string keeps breaking. Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, I remember that. And he, uh, he keeps having to like, um, the way he fixes his guitar strings is he walks up to Tom and like yeah. rips his whiskers out. Oh, okay. And ties it onto his little mouse guitar. I, I just have such strong memories of it, of of the way he said guitar string every time <laughs> it broke, and it it it, it works. Because it's it's not too big, and they didn't, you know, as that got introduced, they didn't change the dynamic that is the, sort of the core of this show, the heart of this show. And also, I think, to your point about what you were saying about sort of not remembering much more than, like, individual scenes and, like, stuff that gets made in GIFs and, and memes and videos and such, that's sort of how the show itself is constructed, you know? I mean, it's, it's there's a lot of Tom and Jerry out there, but it only ever comes in these, like, seven-minute bites uh, at a time, you know, like it, it's long enough to introduce the premise, play around with it a little bit, you know, get us uh, our antics, get us our slapstick, get us our, uh, you know, like reversal of the power dynamics and then leaves it at that. You know, it's it's um, just a long, a long series of amuse-bouche, if you will. Uh, I, and I, I don't think it, I think that's it makes sense that that's how we remember it because that's how it was presented in the first place. Yeah. I think one of the biggest strengths that Tom and Jerry has is that shifting uh, settings and those different situations that Tom and Jerry find themselves in. I mean, even some of the moments we, we talked about, uh, like Jerry meeting his cousin, Jerry meeting his uncle. Most of these things happen in the house, quote unquote, or whatever house they're living in. But when they go out into the wider world or find themselves in uh, the golf course, for example, which is another one of my favorite episodes, uh, it's so wonderful how they use these situations and settings to create these conflicts with Tom and Jerry. Because, of course, the golf episode would have... Uh, Jerry living in the golf hole uh, and they have a bunch of uh, golf ball related stunts and gags. Uh, I think my favorite thing from that episode is doesn't, isn't even golf related, but it's the, uh, the bees flying into Tom's mouth uh, while he's <laughs> underneath the water. Uh, and Tom does his iconic scream about, ah, that one. <laughs> I, um, I don't know if you can even replicate it. Like, yeah, I, I if I did, I would probably get some noise complaints. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 
those moments and those situations that they find themselves in, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the two Musketeers uh, finding themselves in France for some reason, uh, and uh, Johann Mouse, they're in a completely different place. Uh, yeah, all those things bring uh, a lot of freshness to a series that might have gone stale if they just hung out in the house all day because there's only so many things they can do in the house yeah it's like the way that i like to look at it is that tom and jerry is more of a like tom and jerry is the premise right so it's like you have a cat chasing a mouse that's all you need it is a tale as old as time cat and mouse and so put that in france Put that in a golf course. Put that in a piano concerto. Put that in freaking Thanksgiving dinner, right? And so <laughs> all you need to do is just take those two things and go like boop, 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 and you have an entire season of this stuff. And it's brilliant because the the premise itself is so simple. Cat chases mouse. And they are just able to do all of these creative things with it because of the shifting settings and situations that appear in an episode like i'm fairly confident that they're like all right so we're gonna make an episode today where are we going okay we're going to france so that means that we need to have rapiers and french people and there's a guillotine and that's like his punishment or whatever <laughs> okay this time we're going to freaking like i don't know war time so let's have jerry pretend that he's shooting bombs or something you know like all that all that jazz it's like they have so much to work with just because it's a simple premise on a new situation every time Exactly. It's like they take this idea and they bring us around to a whole bunch of different playgrounds and then just let the idea figure out what it wants to do. You know, like there's there's sort of a a not not to say that all the episodes are the same, but there is sort of like just this core idea of what happens in a Tom and Jerry episode. You know, you've got sort of the the initial introduction of the premise, introduction of the like the dynamic between Tom and Jerry. Very often it is predator prey, you know, keeping the house safe versus trying to grab the food, but sometimes it's different. And then it, you know, uh, they get into some kind of direct conflict. Usually Jerry's stealing some kind of food and Tom's trying to stop him from doing that. And Tom chases him around and maybe catches him, beats up on him a bit. Uh, you know, generally enjoys being the one in power and then sort of something flips in the dynamic and, you know, uh, Jerry is, you know, got the position of power over Tom, you know, running around or sometimes literally uh, being stronger or in control. And then, you know, we get to see sort of this comeuppance, uh, you know, and, and, and it ends on on that note of, of Jerry having overcome this, you know, bully, essentially. Uh, and I think it's just such a direct idea and so easy to adapt to all these different premises you know all these different places that you know they can they can think up to play around in yeah like final thoughts i like to me the concept is just so universal to a certain extent and that's why it's so easy to adapt it in so many different places like in my head just now i thought of like tom and jerry in space tom and jerry in like a like a medieval ship or something or like Tom and Jerry in the cyberverse, they're like chasing each yeah. other through the yeah. internet. Like it's it. it Tom works. and Jerry in the Matrix. Tom yes. and Jerry, you know, like uh, uh, 
in deep uh in in the deep ocean oh, tom, oh prehistoric tom, 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 and tom and jerry like in osmosis jones so they fit like size <laughs> down <laughs> 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 the crossover the <laughs> no but it's like a it's like that what's that other uh what is that what is that other tv show that's about when you shrink people and then like their students. Uh, inner space? No, no, no. Ma- it's, the magic, it's magic school bus? bus? Magic school bus, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's like Tom is, is chasing the magic school bus, which is Jerry, and it works. Oh, jeez. I mean... Tom and Jerry in the Avengers? Yes. Oh, my God. Jerry just raises his fist and he snaps. The the thing is, Jerry was actually the mouse that got Ant-Man out. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Oh, no. One thing that, that did just kind of hit me which I don't know if we're gonna have a, like a dedicated section for this discussion, but obviously I think I think the the Tom and Jerry structure and and construction of its episodes probably wouldn't like be very popular these days. I guess obviously you know people's tastes have changed and stuff, but I always wondered like we feel like we've kind of gone full circle where previously like you wanted like long like episodes of like long standing series that had like deep lore implications and connections between different series seasons and episodes so that you know there was a whole like thing that was going on in the background that people could really like be into and tom and jerry is like the complete opposite of that there is no lore continuity people like think like animals die on screen constantly and then are revived <laughs> for no apparent reason like i feel like the current audience today would be infuriated with how tom and jerry doesn't make any sense and yet it seems like tastes are kind of wrapping back around to people wanting shorter like bite like smaller bite-sized pieces of media that they can digest people's i guess i, I don't want to say i don't want to sound stupid but like People's attention spans have gotten shorter over time, so people don't necessarily want to like invest themselves into longer TV series or whatever. I don't know. It did it, 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 it. The the thought blossomed in my mind for no apparent reason. I'm gonna actually push back against that. I think the shape of it may have changed, but the 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 type of appeal that Tom and Jerry had back then is very similar to a lot of shows since. And the big comparison I'm going to make, I think Tom and Jerry was for its time what SpongeBob's grandparents was for its time. Short form humor, sort of ridiculous off the cuff, like, uh, you know, there is a sense of continuity, but it's not incredibly strong. You know, a lot of like cartoon logic, cartoon physics going on, uh, a lot of slapstick humor, you know, you have this premise of, the people who are designated to be the punching bags. And we enjoy seeing them, you know, uh, uh, get what's coming to them. I think, you know, SpongeBob is more complex than Tom and Jerry. But I think the 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 type of humor, you know, and the desire for these short form kind of watch them and leave them be sort of uh, mise-en-scene framings uh, uh, hasn't diminished you know, I definitely, I just think the shape of it has changed over time, you know, whereas in Tom and Jerry's time, what you want is sort of simple and to the point and no dialogue and just this, this, uh, musical duality sort of element to it. And nowadays, you know, folks want more, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know what I'm about to say here, but the, the, just the shape of it has changed. I don't think the core of what it is, is different. And I don't, I don't know that it's fair to say that people's attention spans were shorter or longer now and then. Yeah, I don't think that the people have changed. I think TV has changed. T- 
TV has gone more mm-hmm. towards the long form, the long seasons, the long episodes, the binge watching, continuity between episodes, that kind of style. That's what TV is now. Tom and Jerry's audience still exists. It's YouTube slash TikTok now. The short oh, form, ridiculous huh. shit that just happens off the cuff every week. You don't need to watch all of it. You just watch some of it. You get the gist. And it's fairly repetitive. I think that's where it is. That's where the attention span is right now. Tom and Jerry has just been replaced by new media. I'm glad that you brought that up. Because the only reason why... like one of the, I guess one of the contributing factors that brought this thought to my mind was... Y- y'all remember Quibi? Like yeah. the, the yeah. shitty ass fucking yeah. thing where they tried to put out like short form ten minute like quote unquote films and like Kevin Hart started one like the fact that that just fucking died and like died a miserable horrible death like <laughs> it kind of made me think about like well why did that fail necessarily if Tom and Jerry could have like if if Tom and Jerry existed today would that be in like a quibby form or would that more be just be like on YouTube like form like or, or like a short film kind of thing or like. Uh, like, I guess it would probably fit better in, like, a, like a, I guess, modern-day Cartoon Network short film in, like, before, like, an actual TV episode that's unrelated in scope. That seems like that's where it would fit, but I don't know. People, people simultaneously are bigger into the long-form, you know, TV, as you said, Michael, these days, but also, you know, also kind of flocking towards TikTok and looking at things that are, uh, definitely a little bit easier to digest i guess i'll put it that way like quicker and easier to digest yeah i I think i agree broadly with your point michael that the audience has shifted to uh, those bite-sized videos we see on youtube but it would be interesting to see like an alternate universe where we did have instead of imagine other rather than pixar shorts it would be tom and jerry shorts in front of animated (laughs) movies no that's that's the alternate universe where instead of disney becoming the conglomerate it's like warner brothers or mgm yeah they for (laughs) some reason have the golden cash cow and they're they become like the thing that eats other i mean let's not sell them short like you know mgm warner bros still are like massive media conglomerates right right that's just true. you know, not quite Disney juggernaut levels. But it, but instead of the Avengers, perhaps there was the Looney Tunes multiverse. Oh, that seventy yes. years. Back <laughs> off for a second, because the Avengers is not you know Mickey Mouse, right? So who's to say that like the in this alternate universe that you know what be... that you know what the first film in the Looney Tunes cinematic universe was? It was Space Jam. <laughs> <Chance. laughs> <It's just laughs> to to be fair, to be fair, I don't know if y'all know this, but. Space Jam 2 is basically what you guys are talking oh, about. Oh, God, you're right. They have Fuck. all the people from different Warner Brothers uh, uh, franchises the play in the stadium. The crossover in history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's talk a little bit, since we're already on the topic of uh, humor and short-form memes that have been dispersed through the internet let's talk about the meme ability of tom and jerry because if you're not tapped into the modern day memes that have been popping around the internet there are so many tom and jerry reaction memes we've got like the tom shrugging meme we've got the various uh tom turned into different objects memes <laughs> we have the tom pointing a uh the shotgun into the wall and then looping back on him uh the one where he points the three other like cat bruisers yeah yep. he's standing yeah. at the door and they're, they're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 
Yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to talk about like the memeability of Tom and Jerry, and I think we touched a little bit on why it's so easy to spread, but it's also quite timeless in a way. The, the humor back then is still funny, and it's still resonating with people today. So I, I wanted to dive a little bit into that, and I do want to save a little bit at the end for uh, one of my funniest moments, the one that I laughed out loud Um while I was on this rewatch. But yeah, I wanted to hear your thoughts first. So I think that part of the success in the memes for this show is mainly due to the fact that it is a non-dialogue focused show. The entire humor of this show is physical and situational. And without any dialogue, in order for this show to have been successful... The actual, like, literally the frames on screen need to be funny in order for this show to work. And also, the frames need to be, like, easily under easily understandable of being, like, like this is what Tom and slash Jerry is, like, feeling slash doing right now. It's, you can tell that there's so much attention, um, attention to the focus on those images that ensure that whatever is going on is easily understandable by like anyone like literally you could just read their faces and be like oh, ha, ha, this one and like literally i know this every time like every every time like the one of the sketches ends with like tom being defeated they do the whole like they turn to the camera and it's like it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like ha 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 that'd be like a total meme nowadays but like that is that was the style and so it's it's like the ha ha that just happened kind of thing that so well works in a removed context where like everything is on that's just on screen just has to be funny side note i just want to mention so one of the big memes not i don't know big but is the jerry squinting meme literally one frame (laughs) in that entire episode i watched that episode and i was like what the i I think i missed it and so i had i had to get context cues from the meme image itself like (laughs) when when was this frame in the in the episode and so i went frame by frame and it's like oh my god there it is and then it goes away it's literally one frame how did people find this shit Yeah, I mean, I think you're I think you're hitting the nail on the head, right? Like it's 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 physical humor. It's direct. It's easily understandable without any kind of context, without any kind of explanation or backstory. You don't have to know what Tom and Jerry is to understand what a meme with a guy pointing a shotgun into a wall and the barrels pointing back at him represents. I think the other (laughs) thing about it is that because uh, everything is so straightforward, it very much lends itself to easily mapping other ideas onto the premise you know the whole thing of you know the, the shotgun in the wall i think is just such a great example right in and of itself it's funny because oh haha he's pointing the gun at himself he's going to shoot himself and not realize it and in the actual original looney tunes it's just it's literally what it looks like tom about to shoot himself with this bendy shotgun by mistake and it's ridiculous but the thing is you can use you know the format of memes you you slap a caption on you know you physically you put words on top of tom and words on top of the wall and then suddenly it means something else right i mean it's it's um oh gosh i'm gonna forget the 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 name of the field that studies like symbolism and and uh you know memology no it's not literally symbology (laughs) because it's the study of like you know 
whatever it is, right? It's it's just like very basic. You 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 slap these captions on top of it, and it's a vehicle for explaining another idea. You are you know you're 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 making humor out of using this dumb ass vehicle to to reference something else. And I think just it, it it only works because it's so readily understandable at a single glance. And I think also there's a huge element of nostalgia. There's a huge element of you know sort of this common. Uh, understanding this common memory of these shows and then they you know tom and jerry was uh despite not having aired for decades when we were kids was still like all over networks enough that we all sort of know it and so you know people who are roughly our age who are in their you know uh mid-20s or earlier you know like to teens up to you know people in their 30s you know people who are kind of the primary audience of memes the primary you know users of those spaces like there's sort of this knowledge of you know tom and jerry is something that a lot of people know and a lot of people like and a lot of people find funny i would like to point out though on the notes about nostalgia i it blew my mind again about how old this show is but i was talking to my parents and they were like oh yeah that was on when we were kids Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's the weird part to me is that you would think there's a lot of things that were on quote unquote that were things when they were kids that we have no idea what they're talking about, but Tom and Jerry is one of those things that has somehow spanned a generation gap, like it somehow continues to be a young person who watches the things at least for us. Like obviously, I can't talk about today if it's still on, if it's still a thing to the very youngins right now. But I think in, in part was Cartoon Network slash, uh, I, I keep wanting to say Toonami. I don't think it was on Toonami. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cartoon Network and Boomerang. Cartoon yeah. Network and Boomerang deciding to put the shows on this, like shows like that on, on television, just as like reruns and stuff. But I think part of it is also that our parents viewed Tom and Jerry as almost a universally, like there is no way that no, that any kid would not find enjoyment in this therefore watch it like it's it's not like it's again it's one of those things where somehow that one thing has been passed down even though so a lot of times that doesn't necessarily stick but it sticks this time somehow yeah i think i think you you kind of hit the point that i was going to say which is like this is the show that our parents watched and now that our like our parents when they watched this when they were kids now that they're adults and they're in positions where they are for example managing the cartoons that are now viewed by their kids <laughs> they're like oh yeah Tom and Jerry I'm going to put that on the fucking TV and like cuz like they enjoyed the shit out of it it almost makes me feel like in 2050 we're going to see like SpongeBob seasons 1 to 3 like for our like our kids or our generation's <laughs> kids and they're going to be able to like relive SpongeBob I guess that's I don't know why. why only the first three seasons, though. Only the first. Yeah, three only the first. Like, because there's there's like a non-zero chance that SpongeBob apparently still exists, like season fifty <laughs> something in that time. But we hope not. Um, I don't know why I'm so philosophical today, thinking about the future and shit. But yeah, it's uh, I think that like there's and Iris, to your point, there's definitely some. There's a human condition of like doing something and no, and like you're gonna fuck up, but you don't know it. Like this, that, that feeling of doing something and well but that's exactly like, it right yeah. it's like these the, the 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 slapstick comedy has at its core the foundation these very human uh very real life sort of experiences it's just tom and jerry 
like hyper focuses them and put you know like like repackages them into these like absurdist uh slapstick comedy but you know you know with the whole the, the format of memes this you know very easy to just slap a caption on something allows you to sort of unravel it back to that this is that human experience and we find humor and amusement in sort of drawing that connection drawing that line yes mm-hmm. that was my point <laughs> sorry i sort of <laughs> yes yeah, I mean, there are so many timeless things about the humor of Tom and Jerry. I think the part that made me laugh out loud the most was, um, we haven't talked about the episode, but Solid Serenade, the one where he's uh, playing the bass and he's singing to uh, the cat. Just that entire song uh, and how it ends makes me laugh out loud. Even the pie at the face is such a timeless classic. Uh, but there are some moments in Tom and Jerry that, are not timeless uh, and that have uh, sparked some controversy over the years, especially now in our day and age. Um, but for those of you who don't know, well, Tom and Jerry, of course, came out in the 1940s uh, and 1950s. So a lot of the stereotypes, uh, like racial stereotyping that was prevalent in that day and age appears in those cartoons. I didn't include a lot of it, but there were some moments then the films that we watched, the curated films, where there is a explicit depiction of blackface. And uh, uh, there were some pretty stereotypical portrayals of uh, Native American peoples in, in the Thanksgiving episode, uh, as well as I think there was one other one where he like puts on a feather headdress. Uh, and so those parts, uh, I feel like when I was watching them as a kid, they were cut out of the films, of the short films. And I didn't realize, because I, like you said, Michael, I didn't realize how old Tom and Jerry was. I also didn't really know uh, the the stereotypes in when I was uh, five or six years old. But yeah, these things still exist uh, in some of the streaming services that people have shown. And I there is one character that uh, portrays that in a very, well, more prevalent light. And that is uh, Tom's owner. Uh, her name is Mammy Two-Shoes. And she, of course, is the Mammy stereotype, which is... Uh, stereotypical portrayal of a motherly black woman, uh, usually like a servant, in uh, the time periods of that that uh, those films. And we saw her once in the films that I chose, but I remember watching a lot of the uh, a lot of the shows on Boomerang, and she was in there as well. And her uh, portrayal has sparked a bunch of different debates on it. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your two cents to see if you had... uh, I mean, of course, this is a product of its time period. Did you feel that detracted uh, from your viewing experience at all in these rewatches? So I will say, so the the episode, the Thanksgiving episode, the I believe it's called The Little Orphan, which is the second time that we see Nibbles. Or maybe not the second time, but... um, That is the one, because... I, I don't know about I don't know if I was watching the same network or whatever, but I actually distinctly remember the portrayals of Native, Native Americans <clears throat> um, in that episode, and uh, it's one like for me it it as a kid it was completely glossed over, um, basically because 
it just felt it, like it didn't feel I'm not saying it feels normal, but it felt um, what am I trying to say as a kid? It didn't feel like it was like a core part of the episode. Or yeah, whatever, it wasn't so. at the forefront. Exactly. So it was one of those weird things that looking back, you're like, oh, God, they did that. Um, especially with like how they resolve that conflict in that episode. Um, the one that got me <laughs> was the blackface. Um, also, in mm-hmm. the first episode where we see Nibbles, I don't know what Nibbles is going on, but something's happened with Nibbles. <laughs> Nibbles is in the um, But it was one of those. It's like it's it's one like 10 second sequence of Jerry trying to like disguise himself against Tom. Right. And that one like actually took me aback. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> like, oh, God, we're in the 40. We're in the 40s right now. <laughs> Again, that was the moment where I was like. How old is this? Oh, it's that old. weird. Um, so it's one of those things that it's it's just hard to comment on, like especially because I'm not part of like the affected communities that these portrayals are against. But it's one of those things where it is both, as you said, a product of its time, but also something to be looked back on in and critiqued for its per- for that purpose. Right? It's it it is not it is it is simultaneously not open to critique open to critique and not open to critique if that makes any sense like it's not like we can change any of it and i think that it's an important part of animation's history that this stuff happened it's like i mean as we said um there's also a lot of portrayal about like actual war propaganda like this was made basically during wartime world war ii at the very beginning of it and so i think that those portrayals are important to recognize but also importance to states of their problematic nature yeah it's very it's it's very interesting to watch now like with that specific scene in question michael the one that you brought up with the blackface it's overall the entire premise of that one sequence is that jerry is just disguising himself and like today Obviously, you're not going to see blackface if you're just going to see some other, you know, shitty, random, non-racially assigned disguise. It'd be something like, like you know, army camo. Right, yeah, right, yeah. You know. Yeah, or or even the fucking, you know, like, big nose, mustache, glasses kind of, like, shitty disguise. Yeah, gotcha like, yeah, right. Like, it's just so interesting that back then that what, like, the, the idea for them to put out one of the disguise was like, oh, let's put him in fucking blackface and have him pretend he's a black mouse, like... Like, haha, that's comedy. And, like, it was comedy at that time. That's just really kind of the fucked up part of that. That that was what people, white people primarily found funny back in that time. So, seeing that now, it's, you know, definitely interesting to see how things have changed. I mean, that that sounds stupid when I say it like that. Obviously, things have changed. But it's, it's interesting to look back and wonder, like, how different society was at that time in regards to that and the other thing that i wanted to bring up is that uh this is on the wikipedia page in case anybody just thought i had this knowledge but they replaced the the character of mammy in later episodes they redid it as a white woman um Mm -hmm. and i it's very interesting for me to think about how whether that's better or worse obviously it's better in the sense that they're not stereotyping you know a black motherly figure anymore but at the same time, it's removing, you know, an aspect of the... It is essentially doing what the disclaimer says that they don't do now, which is removing a part of that animated show 
that was mm-hmm. problematic and quote unquote covering it up was something that's more presentable, more, you know, placable to the masses. So, uh, you know, I never saw any of those epi- those later episodes with the, the white woman replaced uh, in Mammy's position. But uh, like, I think that that's I think that the fact that they decided to go back and be like, no, we want the Mammy figure here in the sense that we can now portray this as it was originally portrayed, you know, perceived by the audiences back then and say like this is how you know this is how people viewed black people like this and it's not okay but you have to see it as it was like i think that's better overall now that we see that now yeah i i don't know if tom and jerry dvds have uh put a disclaimer like dizzy disney does now where they say like oh yeah this was a product of the, uh this was how people Made films back then. Uh, and I believe, like the time. Disney, the Disney disclaimer specifically, the words they use are: it, uh, "This was wrong then, and it is wrong now." We show yeah. them in their original. Uh, we show them in their original form, not because uh, we condone it, but because to uh, not show them would be to pretend that they never happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which you know is a is a a vastly complex topic of discussion that I don't think this is quite the right platform to really unfold. Um, I'm just going to interject briefly and say I did not do enough of a rewatch this last week to run into any of those instances. I think I really only saw episodes with just Tom and Jerry, um, and maybe you know the another mouse or two. But uh, it's it's. Um, it's the you just it's it's the kind of thing you can't really sort of escape. Uh, because it was so prevalent in media of the time. And, you know, we understand, we know, I mean, you know, we sitting here is very easy for us to be like, yeah, this is wrong. And, you know, there's uh, there's a whole lot of questions, I guess, that get brought up about, you know, how to engage with such content that I'm certain we are not the ones to provide the answers to. But it's worth keeping in mind. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for the uh, the Disney the Disney quote. I forgot what it was. Uh, but yeah, it's it's something that I think we all we all should acknowledge that this was uh, something that happened back then, and that it was a part of the original show, and it shouldn't be covered up in one way or another. Uh, but yeah, I think on that note, uh, we will end this episode. So that'll do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this week's cat-themed uh, YouTube video you can watch is called Cat's School by Chung Kang Animation. Uh, and next week, Michael, you are bringing Ponyo, another Miyazaki film. Uh, so once again, thank you all so much for listening, and you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.